Welcome to Real Health, Real People. I'm Heather Crawford. And I'm Sarah Frappier. And we're here to talk about real health for real people. Is it over? All right. And we're back. Yeah, we are. With the fashion and the fury. What, what? what are we back to? Real health, real people. We are real people. And we talk about real health. Nice. Not this fake fad <laughs> right. health that's so popular. Yeah. We're, we're not about the fad diets, the quick fixes, y'all. No. We're keeping it real. And we like to talk about us, too, because we're real. We're not perfect right no we're definitely real people <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day how we just yep. need to keep it real and not be afraid to just be like hey we have imperfections too because yep. i think there's pressure for people that are in a health coach or yeah, fitness sure. coach spotlight that they feel like they have to be these like perfect like body model specimens. body bikini yeah. specimens and that's just not real. And not everybody wants to be bikini model fit. Like, no, I just want to be healthy. Yeah. And toned. Well, and I feel like, too, when people are looking through, like, I follow a lot of those people on Instagram. And, you know, I'm super fit and healthy. But even when I'm, like, scrolling through, I start to feel a little bad about myself, you know? Yeah. So I want to post pictures that are real and, like, inspire people to just be real. Yeah. And healthy. I mean, because no matter what your status or stature, like, we all have body insecurities. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, even supermodels have things they hate about their bodies. It's crazy. It's dumb. So we want to encourage you to just be real, keep it yep. healthy, and just love yourself where you are. That's right. Go back and listen to our cellulite episode and read the blog post. You can see our real. Yeah, we, we put it out there. That was brave of us, I think. I was feeling brave, but we just... Embrace your body. Brave is the right word. I like, I don't know, just being um, vulnerable. There you go, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Just, just being like, this is me as I am. Yep. Because everyone has cellulite, and everyone has abdominal pooch. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. No, it's true. Anytime you sit down or bend over, there's gonna be that little bit of. Yes, and I love like I've seen several lately. I love the like super fit six-pack ab girls that take a picture where they're posed and then also a picture where they're sitting down because they too have a roll or a ab pooch yeah i don't know what you call it we'll just call it a lower ab pooch yeah pooch <laughs> pooch your mufa mono unsaturated fatty acid <laughs> yes and then it's called something oh don't say it because it's bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some of you are laughing because you know what we're talking I about. I don't even remember the word. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> she wrote it down. <laughs> That's why we can't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, if you're our close friends, you're laughing hysterically because you know what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway... So love your body and... That's our, that's the point. That's love the point. Body. And that's not... If, surprisingly, we just started talking about that, but that's not our topic for today. No, it's not. We were just in conversation. We just push record while we're in the middle of talking and then we start getting yes. on track. So thank you for following our illogical thought process. Yes. But we are talking about something um, very interesting. Fermented foods. Fermented foods. We hear a lot about them. Yeah. And some of you may know 
you know, some fermented foods we hear a lot about, you know, what's one that we hear a lot about? Sauerkraut, you mm. know, kimchi. kimchi. Yeah. Pickles, yes, if done properly. Pickled. Actually, Tabasco sauce. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know like, that Like, legitimate Tabasco sauce. Hmm. And Worcestershire. <laughs> <laughs> Say that. I wasn't going to attempt it, but Worcestershire yeah. sauce. Tempe. Is that how you say it? It's one of those. Tempe. 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 Miso. Kefir, which I have never had. Kefir. I have had it once. It's like a drinkable yogurty thing. Mm. Yeah. So then yogurt. Mm -hmm. And one of our favorites, kombucha. Kombucha. I think that's my favorite right now. I discovered it last year, actually, kombucha for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you can actually make your own at home with what I like to call a Scooby. (laughs) But it's actually called a a Scooby. But I always call it a Scooby. Our friend Carrie makes hers at home all the time. So I remember she did like a class on how to make your own kombucha and Sarah and I were both there and <laughs> it was just funny. Sarah's like, um, uh, Scooby? <laughs> I'm like, let's Scooby Dooby it up. <laughs> Scooby Dooby Dooby. And it's called like the mother too, right? That's in vinegar. Oh yeah. In but vinegar. I think that's the same, same concept, concept. Yeah. that that's where the bacterial colony is mm-hmm. doing the fermenting. Well, what's interesting too about fermented foods is you think, when I hear the word bacteria, you think, ooh. Like, I don't want bacteria. That sounds like a bad thing. But we do want bacteria in our gut. The good bacteria. Yeah. And they the bacteria produce um, actions that make the minerals and foods more readily available to the body. And the bacteria in fermented foods are considered probiotics. So you yes. hear that word a lot. That's yeah. a buzzword, probiotics. And there are certain types of bacteria that they use, like lactic acid bacteria, um, lactobacillus, streptococcus, enterococcus, lactococcus, <laughs> and bifidobacterium. <laughs> and there's also some, like, that are used. So those are the ones really used in yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, pickling vegetables, curing fish, a lot of the traditional Asian dishes around the world because mm-hmm. they eat a lot of fermented products. Yes. In comparison, that's with lactic acid fermentation. Ethyl, ethanol fermentation is done with like Saccharomyces cerevisiae, and they're used in bread making as well as the alcohol production in beer and wine. Okay. So there's two different kinds of fermentation processes that occur, and they use different kinds of bacteria. Yeah, I was wondering that because, you know, we hear that fermented foods are good for us, but obviously alcohol is not good for us. <laughs> so, like, what's the difference? Right, okay, and so it's, it's, the type, it's the type of bacteria or the type of probiotic that are used in the fermentation process. Right. So, so don't go out and buy a six-pack of beer because you think Because <laughs> you think it's going to have healthy probiotics. Um, but you can ferment at home. Like we talked about, yeah. you can ferment kombucha. Mm-hmm. You I can love pickling vegetables. Do pickling. And again, there's certain ways that you pickle things. Like you, a lot of fermented food recipes specifically call for salt and whey or starter cultures that mm-hmm. have the bacteria. Again, that would be your Scooby. <laughs> your Scooby. Um, and you basically can just like slice up your vegetables, grate them, shred them, however, leave them whole. And then you use your starter culture or your vinegar. Right. And 
then you basically put them in jars, like the vegetables, just down in the in the brine, mm-hmm. and just, just let them it. sit. Yep. For a certain period. Now, if you let something, if you do start letting sit, things sit for a really long time with that kombucha, there can be a very, very, very small level of alcohol, alcohol production. Yeah. So I don't know if you kept it. I don't think if you kept it for super long, you'd like create your own wine from the Scooby, but. Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to keep happening. I can't. You know, it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously the alcohol content would be higher, but it's not going to be like. No, I think it's, it's well under 1%. Right. Maybe half percent. And we have a friend that was convinced oh she got gosh. drunk off kombucha. I said, there is no, no. way oh my gosh. in so. heck that you got drunk off of <laughs> one glass of kombucha. It's got like Come on. 0.25 to 0.5%. Like you can give it to children. Alcohol content. Yeah. And. You know, even people that struggle with addiction or whatever, they can drink they can kombucha, kombucha and yeah. it's not, it's a non-issue. No, I'm not saying everybody can. I don't want to no, no, put no. that out there. However, I it's... Well, it's just funny because it was definitely a placebo effect. She saw that little, may contain trace amounts and of And she immediately had one. But this is coming from a girl that has a half a glass of wine and, and is... is crazy. Hilarious. She's so funny. She's so funny. And again, I don't know if it's psychosomatic for her or her body really just metabolizes Maybe. the wine that way but, but it's she so fun gets, i mean she'd be the cheapest date in the world right? <laughs> half a glass of wine i'm just saying oh i'm but just it, saying it's so much fun when when she does that <laughs> it, it, it's entertaining and it happens so rarely that it's so just rarely. a nice little treat yes it's like ooh, rebecca had some wine <laughs> so fun <laughs> um yeah, so that's something that if you want to learn more about fermenting your own vegetables at home, then... Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah, you can easily just web search it. Yep. But, I, you know, obviously we want to talk about, okay, so all these fermented foods, there's, you can make them at home, but why? Yeah, why do you want to? Why do you want to ingest fermented foods? Yeah, what's the dillio? I mean, humans have been fermenting things for thousands of years. Yeah, again, it's one of those long-standing traditions. Yeah, and it goes back to preservation of food. Like, it makes the shelf life longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably why it started. But the health benefits can go way beyond just making your food last longer. Right, and there's a lot of great, great reasons and again, there are some that are probably loftier claims than others, but we'll get into more of the research right, right. of it. But um, one, again, the probiotics, and those introduce beneficial bacteria into your digestive system, help balance out. Um, they do say probiotics have been shown to help reverse and slow down some diseases, improve bowel health, aid digestion, improve immunity. Mm-hmm. We also mentioned that they help your body absorb more of the nutrients in the foods you eat. So absorbing your food better. Um, Budget friendly. I mean, vegetables and adds, you know, ferment them like or pickle them or whatever. It's really delicious. A great way to get your vegetables. And it's not expensive to to pickle or ferment. And again, yeah, the preserving the food. So. Well, we talk a lot about gut health. And this has a lot to do with our gut microbiome. All this um, fermentation, like I said, bacteria, which sounds really gross, but it's actually things that we need. There's like, what did it say? Trillions of little bacteria. Of bacteria in, in our, our gut. gut. 
in our insides. Trillions with a T. Trillions. So obviously they're really tiny. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> microscopic, hence the term microbes. <laughs> but um, one of the strong correlations that I found a lot of articles on are our gut health is strongly related to our mental health yes. and our brain health. Like, who would have thought that? But it's true. So many studies even are showing that our good gut health is um, makes you feel happy. Yeah. So, in the Journal of Physiological Anthropology in 2014, they were looking at fermented foods, the microbiome, and mental health. And they're basically saying, you know, this ancient practice meeting nutritional and present day psychiatry Mm -hmm. and they showed that there's a strong connection between the gut and mental health and they looked at 132 otherwise healthy adults versus placebo and they found significant improvement in mood scores among those that had initially higher baseline depressive symptoms so it Mm -hmm. actually reversed a lot of their depressive symptoms nice. and they showed a significant improvement and they also looked at anxiety significant improvements in depression anger anxiety lower levels of the stress hormone cortisol and this is all in people that were drinking this lactobacillus casey fermented beverage for three weeks versus um a placebo so the the people there's right. no there's no like placebo effect because they didn't know like right. people were getting a beverage and they didn't know if it was probiotic or not or probiotic not, yeah so it was all directly correlated with actual finding nice so and they were pronounced over time so the longer that they consumed the the more pronounced that these effects got these improvements in mood and anxiety yeah which sounds great because so many people nowadays have you know, you're going through the drudgery of your office life and yes. you get anxiety, you get depressed. And then you, you know. gotta take medication. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, for me, as someone who struggled with all of these things, naturally being able to improve my mood is huge. Because, yeah. you know, yes, pharmaceuticals do play a huge role, and I'm not saying that we don't want to use them. Like, right. listen to what your doctor tells you. Of course. And anything you can be doing on your own. To also be improving and mm-hmm. nutritionally healing your gut and healing your brain yeah. is going to be way more beneficial. Because you're not adding, you know, if you can reduce your need for chemical dependency. Well, that's what this was saying. Like, assuming that these findings um, are the same in, in like, their follow-up research, um, it would suggest that you could augment more traditional therapies with fermented foods, and they definitely um, emphasized exercise and with a combination of exercise. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So Because we, again, know exercise releases those endorphins, yes. gets our bodies moving, oh, just gets you out of the house, gets it you does. out of being sedentary. Yeah. Anyone that's been in, I call it the dark twisties of life, know that just sitting and doing nothing is only going to perpetuate yes, that cycle even though you do not feel like leaving your house or you exactly know, moving it's your body counterintuitive and i was yeah. always told if you feel like you don't want to do it you probably should. should right that's what i tell people about burpees <laughs> everybody's like i hate burpees i'm like that means you need to do them. i know this one over here made us do a total of 100 burpees yeah. throughout the course of our workout last night now i will say i felt very accomplished at yeah, the end of did. it i was like and don't mm. you feel so happy today i do a little <laughs> sore in places but overall 
my mood and I have low anxiety. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, you know. Yeah. And there was also a correlation in a small, smaller study. And this was in oh, the Journal of Psychological Anthropology as well from 2014, where they showed one month of consumption of fermented foods containing Bifidiobacterium animalis um, and a couple of Streptococcus and Lactobacillus. <laughs> Big uh, ones. Yeah. Influenced brain activity. So it actually improved increase the level of brain activity Ooh. that was going on and they measured by you know mri and they could so see it can make you smarter i'm not saying all that <laughs> i'm just saying your brain's working yeah more yes. i don't know that the thoughts are going to be more true. intelligent <laughs> you may just be having more of your no- i don't want to say what, what i was going to say but your incoherent babblings yeah, yeah, of yeah. random podcasters like us <laughs> So after we've had a kombucha, you may get a little more active rambling. Right. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, so there's definitely some very well-reputed studies in journals. But there are some doctors. uh, Dr. Robert Russell, who's an emeritus professor at Tufts Friedman School, who says to don't count on fermented foods alone to keep you healthy. So he gives a warning. He's like, it's an area very prone to exaggeration and hype. Mm Mm-hmm. So don't, again, don't just eat fermented foods and expect it to, like, solve your gut problems (laughs) and all that. Because if you, and go back to our dairy episode, if you have, like most people in the world, a lactose intolerance and you're eating tons of dairy and cheese (laughs) and then expecting fermented foods to heal all of that, you know, maybe, maybe have fermented foods and cut back on that. Right. On that dairy. Or eliminate it. Right. Hint, hint. (laughs) That's what we would vote for. (laughs) So he's just basically saying, again, if it seems too good to be true, just beware of the hype. Well, and a lot of times we hear, you know, it goes back to like why they isolate vitamins. Like you hear, this is good for you. And so you just start, you know, doing that all the time. Like fermented foods are good for you. And so you just eat a ton of them, but you don't change anything else. Right. There's... And if you have listened long enough, you you know that we say there's no quick fix. No. There's no one magic thing that it's you can do. It. It's a combination of a healthy, consistent lifestyle right. that in, can include all of these great things. Yes. Right. Like, so include some fermented foods. Right. Do the other things like our other podcasts are talking about. But it's an all overall picture. Yeah. You're not just going to all of a sudden eat fermented food and, and be the most healthy yeah. person in the entire world. Right. There are some consumer cautions, too, about being aware that not all fermented foods contain these probiotic bacteria. Um, and some of the, especially the store-bought ones, can come yeah. with a lot of sugars and salts. Mm-hmm. So be, you know, conscious of those labels yeah. and pay attention. Well, and with it being so easy to ferment things yourself, I think, yeah, try to experiment with doing it yourself at home. Right, because a lot of the store-bought ones, too, in supermarkets, jars or cans, they've been pasteurized and cooked at really, really high heats because yeah. they want to, again, yep. pervert, you know, and then that that kills, kills the friendly bacteria. So yes. you're getting this product thinking, oh, there's going to be healthy bacteria in it. Well, it's all been murdered. Murder. <laughs> murdered. Murder board. Murder board. So if anybody knows what I'm referring to, we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> so just check the nutrition facts panel. 
And again, watch those added sugars and calories, especially if you're eating, if you are eating yogurt for the probiotics. Yeah. Please pay attention to the sugar content. And again, go back and listen to that dairy episode because there's so many other ways that you can get probiotics without consuming. And all of these numerous other fermented foods that we are are mentioning. Fermented foods are really popular around the world. Like you'll notice a lot of these, like the kimchi and the miso, a lot of come from um, Asian cultures. cultures. And that's like my favorite food. And they have a lot of reported gut health, like healthy. They're super healthy. They live a long time. Gut health. Especially the smaller, less, I mean, and we're talking about, like, the less, less popular, you're not, yeah, you're not talking about, like, your major cities. Yeah. Well, because they all have adopted, adopted our horrible yeah. <laughs> diets. We won't get into globalization right. <laughs> and certain chains that have ruined diets of other countries. Yeah. Just saying, that's another podcast all topic. All for lining their pockets. Yeah. Oh, mm. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, something to, like... We need to look at it. If this bacteria is going to be beneficial to us, it has to like actually survive our GI tract, right? Yeah. When we eat it, it has to live the whole process. So there's a lot of studies on that too. So that's exciting. And we get to use the word feces. Yeah. <laughs> so where is that on my little paper? Because, oh yeah. Do bacteria survive the gut? Yep. Basically, these little it says these poor little microbes. It's like they're they're <laughs> they're so tiny. They're about to go on a journey. Yes, they are. And because they have to withstand the hostile environment of the human upper GI tract, including the mouth, esophagus, stomach, and duodenum, which is the first part of our small intestine. Yeah. And as we know, we have a lot of enzymes that help us break down our food. It's an extremely acidic environment. Containing, again, destructive digestive enzymes. So a lot of ingested bacteria, they don't survive this first part of the journey. Right. So I think that's eliminating some of the the non-probiotic bacteria that Mm -hmm. don't actually, they don't make the cut. Right. They don't make it. They're not strong enough. No, they're not swimming the swimming little, with the tide. The weak bacteria. Weaklings. We mm. don't want you. But some bacterial strains, like these stronger probiotic bacterias, recover and they grow in the small intestine. And that's where you're populating those trillions of yes. microbe cells in your gut. And then they make it to the colon and they adhere to the GI tract and adhere to gut epithelial cells to have those beneficial effects. But various strains have been shown to survive, like the Bacillus anomalous, the Lactobacillus, mm-hmm. grading, having great resilience. Yeah, because they were detected in the feces of subjects. Which means they made it all, all the way, way to, to the finish poop. line. <laughs> <laughs> they made it to the end. Yep. And then you got to figure some of them then colonize. They take up shop and they live inside your gut. How crazy is that? I know. Trillions. And they colonize. Mm-hmm. They do. They develop little colonies. Do you think they fight over, like... This is my part of the... My- this is my small <laughs> intestine. This is my part of the duodenum. There's, like, little wars in your gut you don't know about. <laughs> well, you gotta wonder, the bad bacteria that gets in there, maybe the, yeah, you know, our immune over. system and the... Healthy bacteria mm-hmm. do probably war. You've got like a little off. a little dictator that goes down and like tries <laughs> to take over. This is mine. But I then the good people rise up and <laughs> fight back. Man, our bacteria are taking on some personalities. We got some. 
Every time I drink a kombucha, I'm like, come on, boys, do your work. Do it, do I'm it. I'm giving them a pep talk like, you can survive. <laughs> you can make it to the end. <laughs> so, yeah, it again, improvements in constipation, diarrhea, mm-hmm. intestinal inflammatory conditions like Crohn's disease, colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, necrotizing enterocolitis. Oh, I'm glad you said that one. I read that one. I was like, that's hard to say. Yeah. Necrotizing. Well, necrotizing is a is a bad word because you've heard of that like uh, death. It's it's yeah necrotic. It's like rotting your tissue. It's like eating Mm. tissue. So anytime you hear the word necrotic, it sounds very unfortunate. Um, And prevention of allergic disease in infants, so it can help improve um, allergies. Where they did a study in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology. Which I found interesting. Possible alleviation of peanut allergies in children. I thought that was interesting too. Co-administrating probiotics with the peanut oral immunotherapy. Which was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So by giving it to children allergic to peanuts, you're helping. I'm like, what is that? Oh, I'm yeah. thinking you were breathing really loud. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, does she have allergies right now? I'm talking about peanuts. It's making me all a flutter. <laughs> I'm like looking around. Looking I know. Around. I saw you. I saw you like giving the eye around the town. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's funny. <clears throat> and we're back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, there's going to be some editing because <laughs> we just had the most insane experience where Heather's Apple Watch answered her phone. <laughs> and I didn't realize it. And didn't realize it. And there was someone on the other line. Somebody on my wrist going, Heather? <laughs> and we freaked out because we didn't know where it was coming from. I thought there was a ghost. In Someone's the going, Heather? Heather? <laughs> Heather? And I'm like, I'm not saying it. <laughs> So, yeah, technology for the weather. Anyway, we've had our heart attacks. We need some kimchi to bring down our anxiety levels. Oh, okay. Um, Here we go. But anyway, so the health, speaking of kimchi, the Journal of Medical Food in 2014, they looked at the health benefits of kimchi, and which is fermented vegetables, and they found that it's a good vegetable probiotic contributing to health. And it's majorly, mainly cruciferous vegetables, like garlic, ginger, red pepper powder, broccoli, cauliflower. I've never actually had kimchi, I don't think. Or I wasn't aware I was eating it. Yeah, you probably have in... Well, you went to Avo with mm-hmm. me, and it's in the spring rolls. Have okay. you tasted one? Yeah. Oh, spring rolls, yeah. I love Avo. Me too. But they, based on their research... That they have, it has anti-cancer, anti-obesity, anti-constipation, colorectal health promotion, fibrolytic effects, mm-hmm. anti-oxidative, anti-aging, brain health, immune promotion, skin health promotion. So this was a really extensive review study that looked at a lot of different, like other studies, like right. the review study, and they found strong evidence for all of these healthy functions based on kimchi nice. consumption. Yeah. Well, it's been eaten in Korea for like 2,000 years. Yeah. And so get you some kimchi. Yeah. I wonder I wonder how we could make our own kimchi. Like, because I know, you know, pickles and okra and like stuff like that, but I wonder how difficult it would be made to make it some kimchi. Well, I, I think, isn't kimchi where they bury it in the backyard? Mm, oh, well, I didn't look up that specifically. I just thought you put some stuff in a jar. 
<laughs> and I mean, then, I'm sure you can make it in a jar, but then, I feel like the ancient way of making it was they like buried it in a, some sort of let it container, yeah. and then I guess the temperatures of the soil yeah. or something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There was one study that showed in I guess it was People's Republic of China, Fujian Province, that there was some association of consumption of certain. F- salted fermented fish by you know products maybe as fish fish sauce that had an association with perhaps gastric cancers so i don't know if it's specifically like it's was specifically salted fermented fish products right. so i think that maybe it's a byproduct of maybe something in the fish as well you hmm. never know yeah but that was one study i found to like the contrary the contrary of, yeah yeah and it was in mutation research journal in 1992 in china oh there was a study that showed um benefits against eczema so if you have eczema then it was shown in a few studies that were actually published in science magazine which is a very reputable magazine in Mm -hmm. the 2000s and they had a a prokaryotic regulation of epithelial cells which are in your skin by inhibition of an alkyl ubiquitation, blah, blah, blah. Science. Yeah, cool. Science! Oh, yeah. But they showed that it helped improve eczema. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people with eczema, they get, like, topical treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, but more more research is going into, you know, what we ingest affecting our skin conditions. So, Well, I mean, that is a huge part of anything in our body what we feed it in terms right. of nutrients is going to affect the health overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen that consistently when we talked about hair. Right. We talk about moisturizing our skin. We talk and about skin is all our largest that. organ. I feel like there should already be more research done on on the skin conditions, but I'm excited that there's more. This that's really interesting though. Fermented foods fighting eczema. Yeah. And again, it's something that, you know, you're not harming you're actually, there's a lot of potential benefit, not, except for that one study I found in that right. sp- specific Asian province with fermented <laughs> fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was not any studies I found that were saying don't because you could get this, that, or the other. Like right. there weren't any negative findings on fermented foods. So if you have eczema or some skin condition, perhaps yeah. incorporating some fermented food could help clear that up for you. Nice. Well, there's so much, too, that we can learn about just our microbiome and our gut health in general. Um, it's just like a whole nother long podcast to a talk about. A whole nother level of, <laughs> and we probably will do one on gut specifically right. on our microbiome. Yes. But this definitely tied into it simply mm-hmm. because the probiotic effects, which tie into right. the, the gut health and the microbiome in our gut. But, again, all of these other amazing amazing benefits i know i love it so it's showing improvement of intestinal inflammatory conditions um positive impacts on the immune system and even weight loss and can alter the composition of the gut microbiome yeah and some of those were um published in the american journal of clinical nutrition Mm -hmm. as well as the british the british journal of nutrition so these are, again, very really reputable. reputable. Yep. So you can, you know, do searches. And, you know, if you don't know how to search on scientific articles, you can go into PubMed. 
And if you go to PubMed, you can usually type in the search bar, like if you want to type in probiotics in health or probiotics in gut, and then it'll bring you a giant list of studies. Of studies. A lot of them, if you don't have a scientific background, may be kind of like a foreign language just because that's not your background. But if you're interested in just seeing for yourself... And then you can find a lot of review summaries. Sometimes the reviews are a little more easy to understand because yeah. they look at their studies for you and then, and then give you, give you That's what I like a summary. And then I'm the one that goes and reads yeah. all of the actual <laughs> methodologies and data and right. more science-y related things because I love it because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> She is a weirdo. That's why I made. Aren't I we all went to school for a billion and five years for it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> why? I will say this about kombucha, though, um, and we say this about everything, but make sure you're reading the nutrition label because, like, while kombucha is made using sugar in the process, some companies add more sugar after the fact so that um, it tastes sweet to you. So just make sure that you're looking for those ones without added sugar. Right, because the sugar that's part of the fermentation process, it gets eaten eaten by the bacteria, and right. that's you know, what gets turned in fermented. So you're not actually getting the sugar. It's yeah, the broken so you don't down. Want the added sugar. Broken down But I always tell people too, like, um, kombucha is a good place to start with, you know, fermented foods. And especially like if you're maybe drinking a lot of soda, a lot of them have that like fizziness that gives you that little same f- feeling as drinking a soda. And you can get them with a lot of additional flavor flavors that are also things that are good for us, like ginger. Yes, I love the ginger And ones. there's some that have added chia seeds. Mm-hmm. So those are other nutritional yeah. benefits that come from those as well, in addition to those booch right. probiotics. Booch. Getting the booch. So in the same way that bacteria can last all the way through our GI tract. We're bringing this podcast full circle. <laughs> and we're glad that you made it all, all the, way the way through the line. to the finish line of our podcast. We had a lot of little We had some ups. <laughs> we had some downs. We had some laughs. There perhaps were tears. You don't know. You don't get to see or hear what we edit. There oh, could have, there could have been tears. Heather pinched me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's mean to me when you're not listening, people. No, she's not. We actually still like each other, even after all these years. <laughs> years. Hours. I've known you for years. Yeah, that's But true. we've been recording for weeks. Months, actually. And specifically today, hours. <laughs> yeah. We've been consistent. Because we get together, we'll record more than one at a time. Yeah. And we... So you can tell maybe when they're clustered, because we're in a certain mood. <laughs> like someone were a little more serious... Maybe today they'll be a little more wacky and all over the place. Randomness occurring. And I'm very sing-songy today, too. Mm -hmm. So, Anyway, thanks for fermenting with us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. I don't know what that is, but okay. I don't know. (laughs) But enjoy your fermented foods. Yep, grab some kimchi. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up on fermented foods. Yep. We enjoy them. I like them. Email us at realhealthrealpeople at gmail.com. Check us out on all social media platforms. Check out our website, realhealthrealpeople.com, for additional information on resources that we used and cool pictures and just little blurbs about us. Get to know us. Yes. And um, 
We'll talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. We should have been funnier.